As we all face the global pandemic in 2020 and shelter in our homes to stay healthy, for many, this also meant trying to maintain business as usual while working remotely. Now, one or even two years later, we continue the conversation, but we're talking about hybrid, not fully virtual collaboration, which is different. Of course, there are challenges, but using a combination of tools that are right for your needs can make things much easier, make creativity flow and be enjoyable work interactions for your team. With me on my show, Lina Mortbach, to discuss with me how to ensure hybrid synergy and collaboration. Welcome to the Virtual Space Here podcast. My name is Barbara, and I have the big pleasure to talk on a regular basis to colleagues from across the globe about how they successfully lead and collaborate in virtual teams, how they design and facilitate virtual learning journeys, and how they organize and produce extraordinary and memorable virtual events. We talked about hybrid learning, we talked about hybrid teams and hybrid collaboration. And today I'm really super excited because I'm welcoming one of the experts in hybrid collaboration from the West Coast of the United States. And with that, I'm already opening the doors to Lena Morkbach. Hello, and thank you for inviting me in on your evening in Europe. Thank you so much, Lena. Thanks so much for taking your time to join me on this important conversation. I've been following you for quite some time, and I remember that particularly last year, there was a lot going on with your Future of Work 24 Hours Challenge, right? Yes. We had a big global event that was an open space event that was going virtually for 24 hours, so all time zones of the globe. And we're doing it again in May of 2022. Oh, wow. And I saw a lot of postings about that. So how did you organize that? An event that was organized for a 24-hour community so that everybody from across the globe could participate. How was that? It was amazing. Uh, and uh, it was a crazy idea that my co-founder and I came up with. And then we started testing it out. And then we ended up having 60 volunteers from around the globe that helped us co-create it. It was really walking the talk of self-organizing and co-creating something together. So we were just kind of coming with inspiration for that event. And then it got shaped by the people who volunteered and the almost 500 participants who joined. Amazing. Really, congratulations, Lena. We had indeed 600 participants in a global virtual conference, but it was only one long afternoon. So it was like eight hours or something. So I was really blown away when I was following you and seeing all the things happening in your future of work challenge. It's fun because Lena and me, we have been connected for some time, but we were not really aware that we have so many contacts in common from our intercultural theatrian background, right? So Lena, you have been also in the intercultural work for many years, doing intercultural trainings, coaching, and you said you moved to the future of work many years ago already. So, Lena, you switched a little bit and moved many years ago already your main focus on the future of work. And you were saying that, of course, now you're working with global virtual teams, so everything intercultural always comes in again, but you shifted the focus more to the hybrid virtual collaboration discussion or topic. Explain a little bit how that, what is your main focus when you're working with the organizations that are your clients? 
So uh, almost all my clients are global, not not 100%, but almost all my clients are global. So I'm still having that. I use my intercultural knowledge a lot. But some of the things that I typically are helping organizations with is how can they make, they know how to do the basic things typically, how do they make sure that they actually have more synergy in how they're doing it? They feel that like, okay, we're doing it, but we're just kind of scratching the surface. How can we actually make it more flexible? And how can we also get some of that productivity that a lot of research is showing that remote work gives us, but not all organizations feels that they're actually harvesting that. I work with coach a lot of individuals also of how to navigate the working solo when you're working remotely, because there's a certain skill set. I often tell people, I think they need to think a little bit like an entrepreneur because you don't have the same framework when you don't have the office you don't have that same framework to hold your workday. So you need to organize your day and plan out and be strategic with your work, like if you were an entrepreneur and running your own company. Uh, so mm-hmm. those coaching conversations are some of the work that I do as well. But primarily mm-hmm. I work with team. I really love the team dynamics and figuring out how can we get more of that collaboration. Most of us go to work not to do our tasks, but to really bounce those ideas off between each other. And that can become a huge challenge in the remote uh, as well as in the hybrid work that we feel that we're actually sitting alone instead of getting that sense that like, oh, I am creating something with my colleague. We are shaping something. We're building things together. So that's typically where I come in and say, let's make sure we take it up a notch and really get mm-hmm. that, that synergy uh, happening so that we have a good sense of our team and our colleagues. Mm-hmm. And I think what you were mentioning already that you're working also very often with the individuals because they don't have the office space to hold together their their work day to say so. I think it's interesting because we just I just recently was at the European Forum Alpha and where we also discussed that the future of work or hybrid settings or virtual settings require much more about the self, self organization, self direction, self learning, self motivation aspects that and skills a skill set that we weren't really um, very much looking for into our employees or fostering it uh, neither. And it's actually a component that I pull in almost every time I'm starting having hybrid conversations with a team for them to look at individually, but also have those conversations and coach each other and guide each other as colleagues so that your team norms and practices can kind of have some of that embedded in, that we're not assuming that everyone's going to be available 24-7. Especially some of the things that's a little bit more complicated in the hybrid setting compared to just being everyone being remote is that when we're all remote, then we're putting kind of a parameter on space, right? It's like, oh, we can work from anywhere. Everyone's probably heard that phrase, like we can work from anywhere, right? So instead of being in the physical office, we can now be at home. We can be in a co-working space. We can work in the coffee shop. We can work from the beach and we can work from wherever, When we're starting looking at hybrid, then it's also a flexible, not just kind of like two axes, not just on place, but also on time. So the framework of the nine to five in the office is also splintered. And that splintering of suddenly having a lot of flexibility time-wise, that can get us overworked, right? It's like, well, I can go for a run in the morning and then I can go to work and then suddenly I'm working till 10 at night or... I'm working too much. So that's part of getting that focus in and prioritizing. Part mm-hmm. of prioritizing is also guarding our schedule a little bit. And that's where I think the work 
with our colleagues comes in as well. Like just the client I'm working with, just in the process that we've been doing these last couple of weeks, they just decided that Friday is going to be meeting free Friday. So everyone Mm -hmm. can go in and do more deep work and do monotasking, do the work that they need to get done where they're not going to get pulled into a meeting. So those are some of those individual tasks or individual skills and awareness that then can start shaping the culture that we have in our hybrid teams, that we're giving awareness around that. I heard someone else in that group also saying, oh, what if we kind of decided that everyone could max attend like six meetings a month, a week? (laughs) And then when you had the quota, that was it. So you had to prioritize what's the most important six meetings for me to participate in. And of course, that's linking us whole into a synchronous mindset because not everything has to be a meeting, right? Absolutely. It's fun. There was a Harvard Business Review article and it talked about the buzzword or the buzz phrase, like let's schedule a meeting from 2020 because whatever happened, we were scheduling a meeting and that's why we're over meeting so much. And that, of course, cannot happen if we want to effectively work together in a hybrid or virtual context. And um, you were already mentioning at the beginning the word virtual synergy or a synergy in hybrid collaboration. What does it mean for you to create synergy and what is important if you want to create synergy, Lena? So I think that synergy is that we, like what I mentioned before, like that we're really in this place of like we're bouncing ideas from each other back and forth. But that even though we're in the hybrid setting, and of course, let's just make sure we're defining hybrid here. So hybrid is when we're having a mix or a blend of people who are co-located, they're in the office or they're in a co-working space, they're sitting face to face with each other. And then we're having that blend with colleagues who are then working virtually from wherever, right? So that's why it's typically more challenging than just everyone being remote. So The pandemic has kind of put everyone home and everyone was remote and that was a big challenge, but everyone had the same challenge in some ways. I mean, some people had kids at home or it had to take care of parents as well. And so that, of course, wasn't making it completely equal in that way, but everyone was working from the same condition. So when we're hybrid, it is more complicated and it is more challenging because we're having that kind of inherent imbalance because someone some of the folks are physically together in that same space that particular Tuesday, right? Where mm. others are dialing in remotely and connecting to them to a meeting or they're on online boards together, right? So that's um, that's the setup of the hybrid. That's the definition of when we're talking about hybrid work. And there's several of the practices that we're using when we're remote that we can use in the hybrid hybrid settings and the hybrid work practices but we have to expand it. We have to know that there is more to it than just everyone is working remotely because we want to utilize that some folks are in the office together. They're super excited mm. about being back in the office together. So saying to them, oh, if one person is remote, everyone should be remote, which actually, to be honest, used to be my mantra. But now it's like, no, if they're in the office, that's not fair <laughs> to tell them that they all have to be remote in the same meeting. They should be together and join in that physical meeting. And then we have the hybrid meeting, which is a different meeting than just a remote meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some different techniques we can use for the hybrid meeting. And one thing is we need to design not for our in-person bias, because that's one of the things that kind of happens in the hybrid is that we have a bias for the people who's closest to me or a proximity bias, right? Like, so as soon as like, say there's 
five of us in the physical room and three people are dialing in really quickly without being intentional about it. We're like really gelling around the five of us. They're here. We're having coffee and cake and we're adding things to the whiteboard and we're loving being in the same space. That's what we do as humans. That's what we're designed to be as humans, right? So it overrides. So when we have hybrid meetings, we really need to constantly do this design and plan for the remote participants. And the face-to-face participants, they will get that juicy energy <laughs> no matter what, right? Absolutely. And different ways we can do that. Some kind of basic tips is, uh, and uh, and this is not rocket science, but what we call an in-buddy system, in-the-room buddy, uh, and have a system like that. So anyone who is remote has a colleague who's their buddy, who's their spokesperson, their advocate in the room. So if I'm in the room and Asim is dialing in, we can be buddies with each other. And I'm aware of like, oh, we haven't heard from Asim. And he can also WhatsApp me or, or use another channel and be like, oh, I, wanna, I don't want to interrupt, but I have something I want to add at some point. Okay. And then I can pull him in, right? So we can kind of add that voice, that representation with a buddy system. A very simple technique. Mm-hmm. Another I think that's a, it's a very simple but also a very powerful technique, right? Because you give them more voice, more, more space, and also somebody dedicated in looking out, watching out for them. Just a technical question, because you were mentioning Azim could uh, WhatsApp you, something that he or she wants to ask to the conversation or wants to ask. Would you then, generically speaking, tell them or rather um, advise them to use another communication channel or stay within the same Zoom conversation or uh, WebEx meeting that they are? Or what would be your um, suggestions in, in this regard? Typically, and that's that's a good point in terms of what tools do we use in the hybrid setting, in the hybrid meeting specifically, because I do think we want to up our tools there. Uh, we want to kind of equip our physical meeting rooms and our hybrid meeting room with just a little bit more than just our Zoom or our WebEx, uh, if anyone's still using that, I maybe, <laughs> or uh, Microsoft Teams, you know, like upgrade it a little bit. And that can be adding additional channels. So whenever we want to have a lot of engagement, I'm sure these are some of the things that you're also using in your events. Like we want to make sure that we not just only have audio and video, but we have a good written channel idea. Like that could always be a chat. It could be a whiteboard. It could be an online board, like a mirror board, Padlet, like where everyone can add comments in real time at the same time. And that's the same kind of baseline that we're using. If you are with a buddy, maybe it's just a private message that you're sending within the system, or maybe it is that you are just like using WhatsApp for that private channel Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the team doesn't want to interrupt everyone else. The reason he's using you as a buddy is because that's a safe, non-interruptive or clarifying, like ask a colleague kind of thing, right? But when we're talking about tools in our hybrid meetings, I also think that we really want to up our game, especially the OWL camera is one of my new favorites. So it's really simple, but it is a camera that's similar to OWL, has a head that goes 360, which means that when we are physically in the room and are being on camera for our virtual colleagues, we don't have to sit lined up as little school children. We can sit around the table and the camera is catching whoever is speaking. And that Mm -hmm. is a different dynamic and a sense of real physical space in the conversation. That same company also developed a old whiteboard that's a camera that's connected to a whiteboard. So when we are then writing on a physical whiteboard, 
our colleagues can see that those things on the whiteboard as well. And then they can add in the chat uh, in the video conference tool, and that can be added physically in the room to the whiteboard. But oh, there wow. Are- Very cool. I've never seen that. It doesn't even have to be that technical. I just played around with these. These are new, some new tools of mine. They're called Rocketbook and they're called Beacons. They're little sticky uh, things that you put on a whiteboard. So say we've had a whole great conversation on a whiteboard. We put these four on to frame it. Then Rocketboard have an app. And then I can just take a picture of that and that becomes a digital file about the the things that we captured on that whiteboard. And that's really key because hybrid, to make sure that hybrid is inclusive, is that we make everything digitalized, that uh, Mm. everything is in the cloud, that those notes on that whiteboard is not just for the people in the office. It's available for the colleagues who's working from remote as well. I have a quote in in a blog post, but I think it's from a blog post. You know, I actually don't know what the source is, but it goes along the way. If if it's not digitized, it didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. That that's part of our hybrid uh, work environment. And we need to be aware of that to clean up our folders. And we need to find out where is our, um, all our documents, where it's all living. So it's not in our heads. And it's not just between the physical people who are in the office together. Absolutely. But what do you, for example, what is your suggestion? Because we do know what happens always when we work with hybrid teams and we accompany them on their journey into more awareness on the proximity bias, on the inclusion aspect. That anyways, even though they might be super technical with the meeting all in the middle and they have the body system in place and after the meeting is closed and everybody got to say goodbye, even the, the body for the virtual participant or whatever, or the virtual participant team herself. Still afterwards, clearly, very often, the conversations continue between in-presence participants. So how can you make sure or how do you raise the awareness that that they always consider that the conversations that are happening need to be digitalized, communicated via whatever channel they are using? And how do you maybe give a space to virtual participants to continue in another, I don't know, Kumo space or in another area to connect work, even though it's not connected? Because that sometimes is difficult. Yes. Yeah. Very good points here. Um, I'm just like, it's firing a bunch of stuff in my brain. Uh, But a couple of things I want to add to this. And then I think I just uh, started building out uh, what I call the hybrid blueprint, which is really like a collaboration agreement or team canvas, if you may, but specifically focusing around hybrid collaboration. And that is around as a team to have those discussions so that we can heighten our awareness of what is it that we want to shape together? What kind of work processes, uh, what kind of framework do we want to have when the in-person office is not the center point for our work? To not just kind of do it. I am a, a big spokeswoman for just go do it. But in some ways, sometimes we go a little fast and we need to also take a step back and have those like foundational discussions uh, with our colleagues of like, what does this look like? It doesn't mean that we're making a decision forever and ever. Like the hybrid blueprint is a living document that we'll keep adding things to, but it guides you through these conversations. Like what kind of team rituals do we have? And what are we experimenting Mm -hmm. on? What's our in-person cadence? You know, how often are we agreeing? Like, it's great. I'm now in the office, except no one else is here. Great. (laughs) That's not, (laughs) we've been at home, right? So, 
we're coordinating when when are we in the what is our cadence is it every other wednesday everyone's in the office and when i'm working remotely how are we coordinating how can you find me so all these conversations are important to kind of map out so we get a good framework set up and then the other thing that you mentioned here is like how do we make get the informal gathering because not everything is a meeting it's and as we were saying we're getting meeting fatigued because we're just getting pulled in like i miss you let's set up a meeting but we can do peer working sessions we can have informal virtual coffees and we should use something like kumo space or spatial chat is my absolute favorite but which is has this proximity tool similar to kumo space right like well we're outside the grid and we can just kind of mingle with each other and it opens up a different way of coming together you know so these informal spaces and part of them i would even view them as kind of team rituals and again those rituals are not meetings like those are like how do we celebrate when we just landed this client or we finished this huge project you know like and making sure that we get some practicing in, in place in terms of doing that becomes who we are as a team and that builds our hybrid culture Mm-mm. But I was just thinking, of course, not everything must be a meeting. But if we think about the virtual space or hybrid, hybrid context, I remember I think Lisette Sutherland was saying that in the hybrid or in the virtual context, you need planned spontaneity. So at, at the end, it sort of gets again to be, even though it's not a meeting, but it's like, let's meet around that time in cool space, right? Yeah. <laughs> so at the end, again, yeah. you sort of need to plan for that more carefully and planning and planning out for these formal gatherings probably is also one of the aspects that is super important for hybrid organizations. Yes. And I think there's two pieces to it. Uh, And it is ironic. That's like, let's plan to be spontaneous. I think the informal gatherings that we're creating, where we're trying to kind of cultivate the water cooler moments or something like that, right? That they are all voluntary. They're like, oh, here's this standing meeting on Friday afternoon. Show up if you can kind of thing, right? That they become step in if you want to. And also that we create little windows like open door policies. This is especially for leaders and managers to be like once a week, there is like 90 minutes or two Mm -hmm. hours where you have drop-in hours or the door is open and there's the link where you can go meet me and I'm doing other work, but you're not interrupting me, right? Like I'm ready for you. And maybe that then in prompt becomes several people of the team who are ending up being there chatting in the hallway, if you may, right, outside that open door. So it's scheduled, but it's more an invitation. It's more that I am not doing other things, so don't worry. I'm ready for you. I'm available. And that actually could replace a lot of one-on-one meetings and Mm. even team meetings because there is some information flowing that's just happening because that is set in place. And again, show up. You know it's available. Step in if you need it, right? I think I like that because a friend of mine, she was giving this example for indeed the one-on-ones. And she was mentioning that she worked with a company where the managers decided to have planned one-on-one spaces for each employee. So the manager planned a space for each one-on-one in his or her calendar. Mm-hmm. And the employee could say each week whether he or she joins that one-on-one conversation, whether he or she needs it. And I found that also interesting because it's a little bit of a, it's not that I oblige you to come, but it's a little bit yourself decision as well, whether you come or not this week to your one-on-one, but the space is there. Giving the space, the space is there. 
Yes, I'm available for you because I'm your manager. If you need me, I'm right here. It's almost like when we went, when we, when I did my graduate work, like, you know, like my counselor was there, like his door was open, right? Like I'll come, I'll come, I would knock on the door and he'd help on this or is this good enough or whatever, right? Like that kind of interactions, which is if we have good managers, that is how we are engaging with our managers face-to-face in the office environment, right? Like, or we're better at that because we see them around. That's some of the practices that we need to set in place as that infrastructure in the hybrid work environment, in my opinion. Mm, Absolutely. Um, You already mentioned, uh, we discussed about a few tools um, that are essential. So on one hand, of course, the the meeting tool, whatever meeting tool you are using. We have the virtual office spaces um, that we mentioned with spatial chat or Kumo space, or maybe they're not like virtual offices, but they can be used as virtual Mm. offices or um, Wheelo or whatever. And then you were also using, uh, mentioning Miro as a Miro, Miro Padlet as a collaboration tool. What other tools do you think are essential? And let's just not overload with the tools, but what do you think is also very important that a hybrid team considers for the collaboration, for smooth collaboration, maybe? Yeah. And I think it's always interesting around like, you know, people who are in this work and including myself, we kind of geek out on the tools and sometimes we can over, we can overwhelm our clients uh, because they're like, oh God, this is way too much. Or my IT is telling us we can't use these things, right? Uh, It's not really about all the tools necessarily. It's more around finding the right tools. And I like tools that can do more than one thing for sure. And it's not necessarily that the tool has to have extensive whistles and bells, but to kind of think about what are some of the essentials that we need. So a couple of tools that I use very frequent is Loom, just creating for that asynchronous videos. I just create Loom videos uh, like many times every week. And a new tool that I'm playing around with, which is also a great asynchronous tool that's combining video, but primarily it's combining audio files and it's called Flowers. And it's created like you can do, you can create an audio file and also you can have your video on it. And then anyone can comment on that audio file on any time. Say I have an audio file that's like a minute and a half. And then some of the things I'm saying to my team or my call, my ideas that I have, maybe they can then put a comment like, oh, 32 seconds in, she's asking for comments on this. And then they can create an audio file that then adds a flower, a petal. So it becomes this grid that's instead of, and this is really what's interesting about asynchronous communication is that it's splintering the whole idea that our communication is linear and it's really showing the grid and the network of knowledge that's within our teams. So that's a new tool I'm playing around with that I think can be really powerful as we are enhancing that asynchronous way of bouncing ideas back and forth with each other. So Right now, I'm playing around with a client to combine Flowers and Miro, right? So we have a physical board where we are using all our post-its and our conversations and we're, we're voting and we're having all our ideas here. And then we're adding these flower sound bites in as comments throughout that document. Fantastic. Um, Alina, I'm just wondering, so on Loom, the only thing that I can do is add comments, right, on certain, on the videos, because that's what you can, but you cannot comment in an audio or video file on a Loom file. That's probably a difference to flowers. I, I don't think you can, but maybe, you know, I'm sure they have like, like there's different versions of it. There might be a, like a pro version that, that can yeah. do that. I would not, I don't know. There might be. Anyway, but the idea with flowers is that you have this idea of like that you can add to it 
right where the comment is, right? Like, or right where the question is. And you'd be like, oh, to that, I have this idea and I have this idea and I have this. And then we start commenting on each other, right? Fantastic. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing it. Um, let me ask you uh, one last question because we're already coming at the end of today's conversation. Team members and leaders, but mainly team members, what should they consider when they work in a hybrid setting? Do you maybe have any advice, any suggestions you believe it's very important to consider when working in a hybrid context? So we talked about what I call like behaving like an entrepreneur and kind of have that individual skill set and knowing that you have to enhance that. I think that actually will work really well in the other aspect as well. And that is to, you know, to think like an entrepreneur and then behave like a scientist. And that's like really having the agile mindset under your taking the embracing that and continue to do mini experiments hybrid work environments is not new like global organizations has done it for a long long time i wouldn't say they necessarily have done it particularly well so it's good for us to evolve it and that's going to come along with like testing things out and that can be like let's test uh, having meeting free fridays let's let's experiment with rotating facilitators for all our meetings. Oh, how about let's experiment for the next month that all our meetings don't have an agenda, but we do lean coffee meetings. That kind of mindset as colleagues and teams makes it really fun. And I think also it really gives us all a lot of growth potential and a voice within our teams because we can together decide uh, what we want to experiment with. Fantastic. And also the experimental mindset and the entrepreneurship thought. And also entrepreneurship, it's fun because entrepreneurship, there is a research area, a huge research area there that has been looking at entrepreneurial behavior in organizations for decades already. So there's also a lot out there if we want to have an empirical basis or so sort of an evidence base for whatever decision we are taking in organizations on how we might foster that entrepreneurial mindset. Alina, it was amazing discussing with you and big thank you to you again for joining me, for making the space in your calendar. I know that you're also very busy. It was fantastic um, talking to you. Thank you very much for being here. Oh, likewise. Thanks for inviting me. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Become a virtual space hero. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, we highly appreciate if you share our podcast via social media or with a colleague. If you want to get more tips, tricks, practices, and tools directly to your inbox, please go to our webpage, virtualspacehero.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Until next time, become a virtual space hero.